The Seventh Rotation is a podcast committed to advancing Summit League Volleyball and commending its student-athletes on their accolades and devotion to the sport. This podcast is hosted by Maddie Boston and Joel Kaskinen. rotation we are excited to be here literally in a week from now i will be in omaha you will be in omaha we will be in omaha we will all be in omaha everyone will be in omaha that is so crazy that is so crazy i can't even i can't even i can't even like comprehend it um yeah well, we have start comprehending because we have one week. I know. Less than a week I'm getting on a plane to go to Omaha. That's so crazy. I'm so excited though. Um, we're so we're just so excited. I can't wait. We have a good chunk of stuff to you for you tonight. Obviously, we don't have any more interviews, but I think I mean I like to talk. Um, and when I met Joel, I realized he liked to talk. So then I was like, let's start a podcast because we can talk. So I'm pretty sure we can fill our <laughs> our usual like time slot. I'm pretty sure we'll be okay. We we tend to always find like some stuff to rant about or gossip about or whatever. So I think that um we will be fine. Let's go ahead and start with some NCAA stuff per usual. All we have for you are a couple of matches to watch. Um, they happen to be the same as Michaela Chester's matches to watch, which is good because Michaela Chester knows what she's talking about. Um, so if we're saying the same things, that makes me, uh, really happy. (laughs) Um, so we're going to start with the SEC matchup. Number 18, Kentucky and number 10, Florida are playing each other twice this week. So that's big. Um, these are two teams that have played top 10 teams closely throughout the season. So it's kind of just something to keep an eye on as we head into conference tournaments. Um, both of these teams are going to be in the national tournament, but it's still important kind of what happens and what happens in their risk in their or not their respective. They're in the same conference and um, what happens in their conference tournament, because people are going to be fighting for better positions mm-hmm. in the big tournament. So at this point, there are a lot of teams that are obviously going to the NCAA tournament but where they get placed and who they get matched up with. And if they're hosting a regional and whatever is all, that's all super important. Um, One that we mentioned last week, because I had my dates mixed up that we're going to mention again now is number seven pit at number four Louisville. This is obviously an ACC matchup, but it has big NCAA tournament implications. Super important for Louisville to come out strong you might think that sounds like cliche like duh everyone should come out strong however last time Louisville and Pitt played each other when Pitt won in five Pitt was the one that came out strong um Louisville did not even reach 20 points in either of the first two sets 
in that match. I think it was like 25-15 and 25-13 or something like that. Um, which is very not Louisville. Like that's very an, a not Louisville thing to do. Um, and then they attempted a reverse sweep, but couldn't quite get it done. And Pitt came out on top. So you think, okay, that's fine in D&D. Like Louisville will be fine the next time. Well, last week, Georgia Tech also took them to five sets because Louisville came out very slow and very flat again. So if Louisville wants to make an impact in the big tournament, like they need to get it going. They can absolutely cannot come out flat. They've already lost to Pitt. So if they lose to Pitt again, I would hope that they would fall below Pitt in the rankings. Like I've been saying, they should be already. Um, But another thing to keep in mind is six of the top 10 teams right now have never won a national championship. And Louisville is one of those teams. I think the others are... I don't think I realized that. Yeah, I think the others are San Diego, Florida, Minnesota. Now I got to look. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. With the help of the NCAA website. Okay, so 1 through 10, we have Texas, San Diego, Wisconsin, Louisville, Ohio State, Nebraska, Pittsburgh, Stanford, Minnesota, and Florida. Those are the top 10. San Diego, Louisville, Ohio State, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and Florida have never won a national championship at the Division I level for volleyball. Wow. 60% of the top 10. Texas has won one, I believe. Wisconsin won their first one last year. Stanford's won a couple. And who's the other one? Oh, Nebraska has one. Yeah. So if Louisville wants to be the, that team that wins their first championship, they got to get it rolling. That is all I will say about that. They got to get down to business right now. Let's get down to business. I almost sang that because I was remembering you singing it like two episodes ago. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I will always sing it. You know? I feel like we'll be doing a lot of singing next week. Probably. I feel like we were going to have like total dance parties in our Airbnb. And at the tournament itself. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to do a lot of embarrassing things. Probably. So this week's Summit League Ticket Smarter Offensive Player of the Week is once again, Elizabeth Junkie from USD. She earns her 14th career and 8th season Player of the Week honor after averaging 6.14 kills per set this week. She recorded match-high kills in both matches this week with 21 against KC and 22 against ORU. Uh, just ridiculous. And she now leads the USD overall program for most kills in a single season with 600 and most kills all time with 19, no, not 19,000, 1,927. <laughs> um, remember how last week we were saying that like 4,000, was it 4,000 digs, 4,000 assists? Assists, I think, yeah. Was like exceptionally high. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling the same way with reading 1,927 kills. Like, Oh, and she's a junior. Yeah, and she's a junior. It's 
crazy town. She could get up to like 2,500 by next uh, year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. That is a massive number. It's disgusting, but also so impressive. Anyway. um, Yeah. Very well deserved, obviously. Um, the Senate League Tickets Murder Defensive Player of the Week this week was Ella Thompson from South Dakota State. On the flip side of things, she picks up her very first career defensive peak performer award after notching a career high 11 blocks in the five set win over Kansas City and 14 total on the week. She averaged 1.75 blocks per set on the week and tallied 10 digs on the way to helping South Dakota State clinch a spot in the Summit League tournament. So after not being in the tournament since 2010, last year they made an appearance and they clinched their spot once again this year. So Ella Thompson and the Jackrabbits, way to go. We are definitely going to get to more of that later. Okay, great. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, As far as your recap for the week... Our winners on the week, um, Denver picked up two wins over the North Dakota schools. USD won both matches over Kansas City and ORU. SDSU won both matches over ORU and Kansas City. And uh, St. Thomas won its only match against Western. Obviously, that means Kansas City, North Dakota, and Oral Roberts dropped both matches. NDSU split their matches, um, beating Denver, losing to Omaha, and Omaha won both matches, beating North Dakota State and North Dakota. Um, And then Western lost their only match against St. Thomas. So that obviously, with the Dakota schools, created some movement um, in the standings, which we expect to see more of during this week's games tonight and Saturday. And we will get into that um, a little bit later in the show. We are going to take a quick pause there and we will be right back with Joel's players to watch. Her Turn is a scholarship program designed to provide sport opportunities to young girls within the Brookings community who may not otherwise have the chance. Recipients of a Her Turn scholarship will be able to attend an SDSU athletic camp of their choice at no cost to their family. Not only will a scholarship recipient attend the athletic camp, but they will also experience a college campus, build relationships, and interact with positive female role models. In addition, Her Turn strives to reduce any barrier families commonly face in sport experiences. Her Turn will work with families to provide transportation to and from the camp, as well as provide necessary equipment to attend the camp. Her Turn is affiliated with the Brookings Foundation. If you want to make an impact on young female experiences in sport, you can check out the Her Turn website at herturnsd.org and also donate through the Brookings Foundation website or through Venmo at herturnsd. You can also find Her Turn South Dakota on your regular social media networks with the handle at herturnsd. The seventh rotation crew will be right back. Players to watch. Um, I'm literally getting death glares from Madison right now. 
Um, this week's players to watch are, I'm again, I have so many this week, and I feel like I was not expecting to have so many towards the end of this season. Um, however, I, again, am highlighting people that we haven't highlighted a ton and highlighting people that have just had continued to impress me. So, Haley Sperling from Western Illinois posted a double-double of 11 kills and 12 digs in their loss to St. Thomas this week, earning her a player to watch. Amy Adams, Evelyn Diedrich, Diedrich and Madison Harms, all from USD, recorded 11 kills apiece in their four-set victory over ORU. And Harms also reached a milestone of 500 career blocks. So each of the four Three of them are on my players to watch list from USD. Um, my player to watch for St. Thomas this week is Tezra, Tezra Rudzidis, um, who had 11 kills in their only one of the week. Trinity Freeman from Oral Roberts tallied 11 kills in both matches this week. So I'm saying lucky number 11 brought things home. Um, Brianna Rebus, also from ORU, recorded 29 digs in their two matches this week. So, again, very impressive there. Uh, Sammy Clarkson from Omaha reached the milestone of the third all-time uh, in their program for assists with 4,116. Michelle Artis, who's a name that we haven't heard much this season, uh, from North Dakota State, totaled a team-high 12 blocks this week, including a career-high nine blocks and 13 kills against the pioneers so way to go michelle artist for tapping into our players to watch list this week uh can't wait to keep watching you and lastly we have Haley green from denver who had an impressive weekend in telling 27 kills in her two matches so that is my players to watch list this week do you have any maddie I don't, but I will say it's crazy that there are so many impressive players, but a lot of these impressive players are on these teams that aren't making the tournament. Like that. I know it. I know it. And I feel like people don't understand how tough the league really is. And I was just talking to someone about this in terms of the ACC as well. Um, I know you guys are probably sick of me talking about the ACC, but like the parallels are what killed me. So Clemson got their fourth conference win this weekend. Okay. Clemson's four and 12 on paper. That looks like shit. Okay. But if you watch their matches, Clemson's four and 12, and they've also played 10 out of 16, 10 Five set matches this year. Tell wow. me that's a team that should be four and twelve. Absolutely not. They should not be four and twelve. Wow. They should be maybe if you're gonna tell me they should still have a losing record, they could maybe be six and ten. But honestly, they should be seven and whatever, eight and whatever. Like there's just I just can't, I just can't understand. I mean, 10 five-step matches. Okay, so this is a team that obviously is competing. You know, if they're not winning, they're competing. Uh, yeah. And we're seeing that in the Summit League, too. This game that Clemson won on Sunday was over NC State. NC State's like fifth or sixth in the ACC. 
And at the time we played them, I think actually, I think they were sixth in the ACC. So six out of 14 with a seven and seven record. So at 500, they're well into the top half of the league. And the only people ahead of them, the only people ahead of them were Pittsburgh, Louisville, Georgia Tech, these like nationally ranked teams, and then Miami, who Clemson also played five sets with last Sunday and four sets with last Friday. So my point is basically a team that's sixth in the league in the ACC behind Louisville, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Miami, teams like that, that team is 500. So I know that Western looks really bad and St. Thomas looks really bad and ORU doesn't look that great. But you have to understand that they're playing Elizabeth Junkie and the Coyotes and they're still winning sets. Like, it's, we're not talking total obliteration. And I don't think we will be for a long time. Like, I really think this league is just continuing to get more competitive. And actually, if you look at, that's where I would bring up SDSU, who's now made the tournament twice in a row after not doing it mm-hmm. since 2010. Mm-hmm. Technically three times in a row, but the COVID year screwed them out of the tournament because they cut it down from six to four. And then you have Kansas City, I'm just going to melt. This was going to be a totally different segment, but I'm I'm high on it right now, so I'm just going to meld it together, and it's just going to end up being one. Great. Unfortunately, Kansas City is not going to make the conference tournament this year. We know that because they I left know, I'm so bummed about in it. five sets on Saturday. I'm so bummed, too. I love them. I love Christy Posey. Like, they're, it's a great program. But here's the thing. Like, why is this... Why are we shocked? Because Kansas City didn't do that well this year. Like, I'm shocked that they didn't do that well this year. This is surprising to me because, as I said earlier, like, I expected a bit better from them. And you might be wondering why I expected better from them. Like, obviously, they lost players, as everyone did, and that clearly impacted them. But I expected better from them because just last year, last year, they defeated SEC in-state foe Mizzou in Columbia. On Mizzou's own court. They also defeated St. Louis last year. And last year, they defeated Denver for the first time in Kansas City's program history. The year before that, they had the best start that any Ruse volleyball program had ever had. It was like 13-1 and one or something. And also, if that isn't enough for you, Christy Posey is the only coach in Kansas City history to have a winning percentage. And a winning record. Wait, I don't think I knew that. So, like, if, if like... I know you guys are like, why do they talk about Kansas City so much? Why do they love them so much? That's why. Like, you have to respect what Christy Posey has done to that program. They came out of the whack so hot and terrorized the Summit League when they came back from the whack. Like, absolutely terrorized. And it just sucks that they... It just sucks that they took such a dramatic fall. Like, to come out of the whack and absolutely rampage through the conference schedule for two years and then miss the tournament just kind of sucks. And barely miss the tournament as well. Yeah. I mean, but it shows how talented that they are, too. Exactly. A talented league, a talented conference. Like, the fact that they're that far down in our conference and still competing still holding their own like that's it, it just shows i mean this is exactly what this whole 
freaking podcast is all about. It shows that the STEM Bingo. league is not a mid-major, that we not are deserving of so <laughs> much more attention and so much more celebration because we are competing. We, I mean, we've been competing. Well, and this is where I would harken back to SDSU as well, making the tournament now for a second year in a row, debatably a third, if you want to go there. That's a program that's been completely turned around in the opposite direction that hadn't made the, the tournament conference tournament since 2010 and is now in there twice. And they might even get in as the five seed instead of the six. We have to get through this weekend to figure that out, which we'll talk about in a second. But I don't know. It just, I, I know it sounds so cliche when we're like, oh, we don't know what to expect at the tournament. Like anything can happen because anything can always happen. But it seriously is so true. Like we have no idea what's going to happen. Every like USD is the team with the fewest losses. And aside from them, even when North Dakota State beat them, I think that's when I started to take North Dakota State a little bit more seriously. When they beat USD, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, this is actually, well, like, we actually have something cooking here this season. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's going to be um, exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Like I said, I don't think we're going to see a sweep. I, I Let me rephrase. I'll be very impressed if somebody sweeps in the tournament. I really will. Agreed. I'm here for everything that the tournament gives us. Very I'm excited for next week's episode because we're literally just going to sit here and talk about the tournament. Pretty much. That's all we're going to do. So I'm stoked. And actually that will be informed by what happens this weekend you know we obviously have to get through this weekend mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and at this point like we've been saying everyone is just we have our six teams um and they're fighting for seeds is what they're doing so let's get into those six teams who they are and what the situation is thus far um okay so as it stands these six teams that we have for the Summit League Tournament. USD, Omaha, North Dakota State, Denver, South Dakota State, and North Dakota. So as of right now, SDSU and UND are tied for the fifth seed. Um, so that needs to obviously be broken. The other four, Five, yeah, four teams, USD, Omaha, NDSU, and Denver have their seeds currently. That could potentially change. Everything's, I mean, possibly changing, but most likely not. But we have to break the tie between South Dakota State and North Dakota. So this will hopefully break with um, a head-to-head matchup this weekend. And then uh, one of these two teams needs to win both games or lose both games. Uh, so yeah, we are going to end in a very interesting way for the five and six seeds for the tournament. Actually, oh no, okay. I thought I was wrong for a sec. If, okay, if they're gonna break it, this weekend, then someone needs to win two 
and or lose to. However, right now, yeah. so the record is, their records are the same <laughs> right now. If they were to finish tied. Well, actually, okay. In order to keep themselves the most safe, SDSU really actually needs to beat UND this weekend because they they already beat UND once. So they're technically number five right now, even though their records are the same. So if they beat UND again, and then they do end up tied, SDSU will be the five seed. SDSU will be the five seed. Yeah. So they actually, SDSU has a little bit of an advantage as it is right now because they won the first matchup between themselves and UND. I honestly, I really don't think... I think if SDSU beats UND this weekend, then SDSU is going to get the five. Even if they lose to North Dakota State, I don't see UND going and beating USD. So if SDSU were to beat UND, they're probably safe because then UND would, I think, lose their second game as well. I agree. I think that that's probably I just have to say it first so that it doesn't sound biased coming from you. About USD winning. But at the same time, anyone that thinks that that's a bias and not just, like, fact. Yeah. Even I can admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fact, but it's also, obviously, I'm rooting for the others. Well, correct. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) That's an imaginary hair flip. Oh, I'm excited wow. for you to see my hair next week because it's going to be different. Okay. I'm getting it done on Tuesday and I'm so excited. I oh can't decide gosh. if I want to like if I want to like FaceTime you from the airport on Wednesday or if I want to just wait till I get there. Oh. But it's gonna be a change. You decide, surprise me. I know I will. I will. Um, okay, so that's the tournament standings currently. Um what else do we have? Oh, upcoming matches. Do you want to walk us through that? Sure. So tonight, um, matches for morale's sake at this point, Oral Roberts will play at Western at 6. Kansas City will play at St. Thomas at 7. And then matches with implications, North Dakota at SDSU at 7. Um, and North Dakota State at South Dakota at 7 on Midcoast Sports Plus. Saturday... Kansas City at Western at 12, Oral Roberts at St. Thomas at 12, Denver at Omaha at 1230, NDSU at SDSU at 1, and North Dakota at South Dakota at 445 on Midcoast Sports Plus. So Saturday, those afternoon, um, it's funny how it worked out. Those three matches of schools that are in the tournament are kind of spaced out a little bit so that we can watch them all. Um, so yeah, no excuse on Saturday to be like, oh, oh yeah, watch them all because they're we have a 12 30, a one o'clock, and a 4 45. So, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that, but that's very yeah, accurate. well, I'll be working a football game again. My last one though, because going to the conference tournament is getting me out of the last football game, so excited about <gasps> wow. that. Wow, no more football. 
Like, no more football. It's, it's kind of sad, but... Oh, yeah, we've already started basketball. Between football, volleyball, and basketball, I've worked... I think six events in the last seven days. I just, when you texted me how many events you had, I literally was like vomiting. Like, it was Yeah, it's kind of gross. Like, it's the paycheck's going to be nice. Yeah, but then I think about it's Clemson and like how much you're working and how much you'll get paid. So I'm like, okay. There's so much going on. Um, But yeah, the paycheck will recoup a decent chunk of the money I spent to come to Omaha. Certainly not all of it, but a decent chunk. Um, yeah. But yeah. Clemson Volleyball hosts Georgia Tech on Friday. So I obviously don't necessarily <laughs> expect so a win. Fun. But I do expect a good time. I expect a good atmosphere, some good energy. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, 4-12 and 12 is not something that a lot of people would be excited about. But it's already more wins than we had last year. And you can just tell the team is more up than they have been so it's exciting i love seeing an, uh, like a coach it. come in and just like turn stuff around like which mm-hmm, was fairly mm-hmm. obvious during the tupac interview um as far as north dakota goes so but yeah no jackie is just the spirit's better i love the atmosphere in the gym it's just a lot better than it um than it used to be so I mean, when you have a coach that was a setter at Wisconsin, you're bound for some level of of success. Uh, yes. You know what sure. I realized? I was going what? back, and I, you know how yesterday I texted you that I was watching an old volleyball game. Mm-hmm. I was actually watching um a Big Ten matchup between Wisconsin and Penn State for when Coach Keir was there. And do you know what I realized? The last year. God, Jackie's probably not going to like. I hope she doesn't hear this because I'm totally dating her. Um, the last the last year that Jackie played volleyball at Wisconsin was the last year that they played sets to 30 points. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I was watching this this match yesterday, and um, it was like 24-15 Penn State, and I was like, okay, set point. And they kept going, and I was like, what the hell? And then I checked the year, and I was like, 2007. That was the last year that they played matches to 30 points. It's wild to me now, thinking about it, that they used to play to 30. I know. Well, and before that, I think 2000 or 2001 was the last year that they did um, side-out scoring, where you score, like, only when you earn the serve back and not rally scoring. Mm, Yeah. So they changed that, and then in 2007 was the last year they changed – or the last year they played to 30 points. And then they rebranded to like sets and playing sets to 25 points in 2008. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Okay, it's crazy. Like, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it kind of was like, I don't know what kind of was that long ago and it kind of wasn't at the same time. I mean, it was like 22 years ago. 2008? Oh, no, no, 2000. Yeah. But still, that's I like... was three or four when they stopped doing side out scoring. Oh my god! When you were what, like eight, seven, yeah, seven or eight, depending. In wait, say the year again. It was either two thousand or two thousand one. Don't math. <laughs> no, I don't math either. I don't math either. 
I was probably like eight, seven, eight, something like that. Yeah. And then in 2007, so the last year that they did sets to 30, I would have been 10. Turning 10. Why all that? See, now Jackie's really not going to like this if she she's does She's real pissed. I was doing okay, and now she's going to be like, are you shitting me? She's like, hmm, y'all are aging me. That's Can't funny. even handle that. Okay, so to get us away from aging Jackie, um, <laughs> what else do we have on our notes this week? Actually, nothing. Um, Just that's it. Closing thoughts you have. I mean, I I'm excited. Thoughts. Go for it, babe. But you just stole them. I was literally going to say how excited I am for the tournament. Um, and honestly, just in general, to watch volleyball this week because, like, even though we're in the last week of regular play, like, there's still so much on the line this week. I know. So I am just, I'm so excited. Um, who's your, who's your match to watch this week? Like with the game that you're going to be looking for? Let me look through these really quick. I also did think of something that I, um, wanted to say that I'll get to in a second. You know, it might be. There's so many implications either way. I know it. Like all, let's, how many matches matter this week? One, two, three, four, five, five matches that matter this week. And really any of them could go any way. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the only one that I'm pretty confident about the result is the last match on Saturday, UND at USD. I think I'm going to go three to one USD. I think that's how that's going to go. But the rest of them, NDSU at SDSU, Denver at Omaha, UND at SDSU, and NDSU at USD, <laughs> really could go any which way. I have I no mean, idea honestly, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be an exciting week. I truthfully, I feel like the game I'm excited to watch is UND versus SDSU because of like the determination of the mm -hmm. states. Even though it's really what just you just who's... said, like literally any one of these games could go any way. Right. But both of those teams are going to play on Thursday. One of them's going to play at four and one of them's going to play at seven. Yeah. I almost uh. want to say um, like NDSU, SDSU or NDSU, USD. Because North Dakota was in that two spot before last week. Mm -hmm. And then when they split, they dropped in Omaha 1-2 and slid in there ahead of them. I really think the one through five is going to look different after this week. I Like, I really think it's going to change. I feel like it's changed because, so much this season that, like, of course it's going to change one right, more time. <laughs> right. Of, of course. Like, why wouldn't it? But I mean, NDSU only has a half game lead over Denver, so that that's definitely going to fluctuate. I think three and four. It's see, but it's crazy to me that North Dakota State could end up as low as 
four. USD actually. I mean, it's possible though. I think USD is locked into the one because they I have a two game. They have a two game lead over Omaha. But even if Omaha were to win two and USD lose two, head to head, USD is beaten Omaha, and they don't play each other this week, right? So actually, USD is locked. I can't believe we didn't. Pick yeah, up they should be. They should be. They're yeah. locked. Yeah. They can't move. There you go. So let me pull up the bracket really quick. Even though it's not um, filled yet. I can already tell you what time USD is going to play. Actually. No, I can't. Because I don't know if they're going to play at 4 or at 7. Because they don't have... It just says TBD. It doesn't say number one seed or number three seed. Or I mean number one seed or number two seed. But I can tell you that they're going to play on Friday. We know that much. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Who do you think the two seed's going to be? Obviously, we'll get into this again next week. And our thoughts may change by next week. I don't know. I want to say Omaha because that's, I, I, but I, there's just so much towing the line here. It well, could Omaha, be Omaha has an advantage because be... they only have, they only have one match. <clears throat> so they only have, they can only scrub once, not twice. You know right. what I mean? They only have one. Right. So they have an advantage. Mm-hmm. But if they do lose and NDSU wins too. I feel like it could be, this is so tough, it could be Omaha, it could be NDSU, or it could be Denver. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer. <laughs> Who do you think is going to get the five? That's a better question. Five? The way it's been going, I think South Dakota State's going to get it. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I that would be my guess. I wonder if I know when we talked to J, to Dan, he said um quite enthusiastically that they would love to be the sixth seed. But that was coming from a perspective of if we barely get in, we'll be so happy with that. We would love to be the underdog. We made a run last year. So I wonder if that's changed now. Like I wonder if he's telling his team I mean, I, I don't see him being like, it doesn't matter. I don't care if we lose. Obviously, they're going to try to win and try to get the five. But I wonder if right. he personally would rather be the six. I don't know. Again, I really don't think it's going to matter. But this is good stuff. So here's what I, mean, I will I leave us with. I also don't feel like it matters. but No. Yeah. Here's what I'll leave us with. I was driving to work the other day. And I was thinking about like what we were going to talk about on the pod this week. And this thought crossed my mind that, like, you and I both know that there is, like, a 1% chance, if that, of a two-bid summit for volleyball. Like, that's, we don't, like, we do not think that's going to happen. But I've had a couple people ask me, is there a chance 
if USD loses the tournament of them getting in. And I started thinking about it. And I still think it's kind of one of those things where it's like brain says no, heart says yes. Like, I still think no, it's not. I don't really see that happening. But I got to thinking, like, what if it did, though? Like, what if it did? You think whoever were to win the tournament, probably, I mean, I can't even say probably because I don't know who it could be. It could be literally anyone. You think that South Dakota would still get an at-large? I'm not saying that. I'm saying what if it happened? Because here's the I thing. Mean, I know. But like, do you think that it's even a possibility? I, I do or think that's it's what a, you're asking me. I am asking you, but I will tell you this. Without being too hopeful, I think it's the ever so slightest, like 0.05% possibility. And let me tell you why. <clears throat> Elizabeth Junkie was like leading the nation in kills at one point. I don't know if she she's still, still is. is. Okay. Well, I think she's back leading it. Now. Okay. Okay. That's notable. It is notable. USD's only loss out of conference is to Louisville. Mm-hmm. That's notable. The issue, though, let me pull up their schedule so that I don't like say anything incorrectly or screw up. Okay, so 26 and 2, 15 and 1 in the conference. Out of conference loss to Louisville, who's currently number four. In conference loss to North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Wins over Missouri in five sets. That's notable. I don't know where Missouri is in the SEC. Let me actually bring that up because that is going to matter. I just spelled standings wrong. I put the G where the D is supposed to go. It's okay, though. Oops. Oopsie. Um, okay, Mizzou's at the bottom of the SEC. Not great. So, that see, that that's where that's where the issue is. They've beaten teams in really big, really good conferences, but those teams that they've beaten in those conferences are, like, not doing super hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to... So West Virginia's sitting third in the Big 12, and USD beat Can I just West Virginia. Pause for a minute here. Yeah. Kansas City and South Dakota both beat Missouri. Kansas City beat them last year. But yeah. Oh, that wasn't this year. Yeah, you're right. No. But I yeah. was just going I was just going to say that like that shows the toughness right there of our conference versus the SEC that like two teams in the summit can take an SEC team, even though they're at the bottom of the SEC, it's an SEC team. Like Correct. this shows that we compete at the levels of Power Five schools. Still, absolutely. Even though it's different years, that, and that's the point that we're both trying to make. Even <laughs> though it's different years, but two years in a row, an SEC school has lost to a Summit League team. Yeah. Tell me where I'm in major. Freaking try me. Like we ain't. try me. Um, so yeah, even though Missouri is at the bottom of the SEC, that's still a win over a Power Five school. The only other notable win is three to one over West Virginia, who's third in the Big Twelve mm-hmm. with a record of five hundred. Right. And the Big Twelve is where Texas plays. 
and Baylor. So tell me that's not a notable like win. Tell me that's not a big accomplishment. The issue is though that their other wins are over Cornell, Stetson, South Florida, Northern Colorado, Cal State, Bakersfield, New Mexico, Texas, El Paso, and then Portland State uh, and Northern Kentucky. So not outside of those two, Mizzou and West Virginia, they're they're not really notable wins. However, right. with Elizabeth Junkie performing the way that she has, <clears throat> this entire time, Michaela Chester also has like mentioned that like when she's going through the conferences that South Dakota, she thinks is going to be the AQ. I mean, part of she that just probably... released the bracket literally twenty seconds ago. So as you've been talking, I've been reading. Oh, it. really? We are the AQ, according to her. Yeah, yeah. Which some of that <clears throat> comes from. We see this in basketball all the time. Some of that comes from. Oh well, they were last year, so we'll just like pick them because we don't pay attention to mid majors, right? But some of that also, like, we know she's looking at the stats. We know who she knows. Oh, I'm who's curious about the at large. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. The at large bids that she has currently listed: UCF, Georgia Tech, Penn State, USC, Rice, Iowa State, BYU, Arkansas, Purdue, Kansas, Florida State, Auburn, Miami, Washington, Loyola Marymount. Washington State, Michigan, TCU, Utah, Pepperdine, Georgia, Colorado, LSU, and Northwestern. Time out. She doesn't have West Virginia as an at-large, even though they're sitting higher up than Iowa State in the Big 12. Mm-mm. McKella, wow. Hold on. I'm going to pull up. I'm going to pull up West Virginia's schedule. That is oh, interesting. And, uh, I didn't include the outlarge bits that we already know are going to win, too. So, I mean, it, to be in the tournament, not win. Right. Did she? Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, Nebraska, Oregon, Kentucky, Minnesota, Baylor, Marquette. Because, obviously, they are in conferences where most likely the other schools are going to be the AQ. I guess Iowa State did beat West Virginia twice. Mm-hmm. But still, I don't know. Um, did she have LMU in there at all? Yeah, I said them. They are there. Okay. I was going to say, I'm going to have beef if LMU is not on the list. Dang. Well, we will absolutely revisit all of that next week. Um, yeah, I'm excited. This is like crazy. There's so much going on. I know, right? It's like insane. All right. Parting thoughts. Parting thoughts are stand the summit because we are not a mid-major. Correct. I'll leave it at that. We'll imagine our little exit music, our little outro. (laughs) We go on it. Bye. See you on the summit, everyone. That was the worst ending we've ever had, I think.